0: Good day. You are listening to Philip Malika's Consciousness Evolution. New content is published first at philipmollica.substack.com. Please subscribe to receive new columns and audios directly to your inbox. We offer free subscriptions or you may support us with a paid account. At this point, all content is freely available to all, but we definitely always appreciate the financial support if you see the value in our offerings. Also, please give us a like if you enjoy the content, and comments and questions are always welcome and appreciated. Audios are also available now on Substack, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Today's column is Reverse Engineering Physical Reality, Quantum Entanglements. Thus far in our series of The Man Behind the Curtain, we have focused primarily on the beginning blushes of exploring our minds, our subjective awareness. In the column we have a video of Bill Hicks presciently reminding us back in 1992 that life is just a ride. Sage words indeed and while we may understand this conceptually we really don't experientially understand what that means exactly. After all, our conscious subjective awareness is really all we know for sure. It is all we have for reference. Other than brief, albeit profound clues to the contrary, our senses tell us that our life, these bodies, are the extent of our existence. So even if we want to believe to understand who and what we are beyond this life and these vessels, what the shift in consciousness means for each of us, we are still somewhat stonewalled by our limited awareness. We are forced to question if any of this is accurate, or if it is simply another fairy tale concocted to make us feel good, or sell tickets, or in the extreme, a ruse by demons bent on destroying us by selling us a load of cosmic horseshit that turns us into babbling idiots who in turn move away from God and or science. Fair enough, I've heard it all. And while the story I tell of our existence does seem somewhat whimsical and far-fetched, even somewhat dogmatic, it still makes more sense to me than any other story I've heard or been told. In fact, I am so sold on this idea that I've bet the farm of my life on it. Never before in my history have I so fully given myself over to an idea. If you knew me, that is notable. I can probably count on one hand the things in my life that I really felt were worthy of my endorsement. And this exploration, this endeavor, hasn't disappointed me yet. So much so that I continually find new and more profound verifications that I am on the right path. Actually, the more that I can put myself into this mindset, the stronger and more apparent it becomes. So what are we to do if we wish to understand and show ourselves that this shift in consciousness is real? What does it mean to remember ourselves as essence? How do we convince ourselves that we are more than our conscious objective awareness? How do we move from understanding these ideas conceptually to knowing them experientially? I had an inspiration that perhaps along with the story of how we came to be, I could do as any good scientist might do with something they don't understand and reverse engineer our life from the perspective of essence that if I could place myself in the position of essence and then relay what takes place in order to facilitate a physical life, that perhaps that may increase understanding and give us some clues as to how we may regard the shift. Our near future as humans undergoing a master source event such as this, challenges everything that we thought we knew about ourselves and our lives. If I do a good enough job of laying this out, maybe we'll actually start catching ourselves in the act of creating all of our reality. The bulk of our literature and spiritual dogma focuses on us, our conscious awareness, as the center of our experience. We reach out to connect with spirit, to connect with God, to connect with other aspects of ourselves that are seemingly not within our primary experience. The problem with this focal point is that it is basically backwards. Our main gig is not these lives, these bodies. This is what we are doing, but it is not who we are in the broadest sense. But how do we go about inverting our perspective as to give us a sense of this other viewpoint to consider? So there are essentially two ways to approach this. One is quantum physics, and the other is to employ the perspective of ourselves as essence. Both of these perspectives are outside of our walking around consciousness. Both offer us a view of ourselves that we cannot quantify. Both offer us things that we must consider if we wish to transcend typical scenarios and consider ourselves in a different light. Now, I am no scientist, much less a quantum physicist, but I can offer some perspectives that consider what we do know of science in this regard. And this would be the quantum physics perspective. We know that everything is made up of atoms and molecules, and particles even smaller than those. We know that all of these particles are always in motion, even in supposedly solid material. And what makes up these particles? Energy does. That is a known fact. All particles are energetic. In fact, the electrons which are part of an atom cannot even be pinpointed in space and time. They seem to appear and disappear to who knows where. We have our first clue and our first question already. If the particles are always in motion, how does anything even appear to be solid and stationary, such as a table? If the table's components are always in motion, what is the defining factor that makes it a table? Of course, the answer is, we are that defining factor. It is our perception. In cooperation with the particles that make up the object we call a table that make it a table. So let's jump over to humanity for a moment. It is our perception of the table that makes it a table. Without our perception, the table is simply a collection of molecules that have somehow miraculously gathered themselves into combination with each other, all vibrating and moving at somewhat the same rate, and forming an object. But the object means nothing if it is not perceived by a human being or other life form that has perceptory senses. Our outer senses make it into a table. Indeed, we actually create a version of the table in cooperation with the particles that make up the table using our energy and perception. This is how we create our reality. If we were just a free-floating consciousness, not within a human form, what would this table appear to be? Well, we wouldn't have our outer senses of sight, sound, touch, taste, or smell, so how might we perceive this collection of particles if we could even sense it at all? And what would that mechanism be that we are using as a sense? Well, We do have inner senses, even in our conscious awareness. There are senses that are unrelated to our outer senses that we use all the time. But as an entity without physical form, we would be unable to see or sense such a collection of particles in an objective fashion. What we would sense would be an object's energy as made up by the particles that compose it. If we ruminate on that idea for a moment, perhaps it can give us clues as to our wider awareness. The point here is that we as humans with our outer senses give meaning to the various collections of moving particles that we know make up our world. Without us to perceive them, they would just be particles moving, joining, unjoining, floating freely, doing whatever I guess particles do when they are not engaged in presenting something such as a solid object to a being that has the sensory abilities to perceive them. But our design as human beings in physical reality works in conjunction with all the interconnected parts of our physical reality, all of the particles To create through our perception. Doesn't that sound pretty cooperative, even magical? Doesn't that sound like all the various particles have intelligence, have intent? And what is the single factor that we apply to something that might have intelligence and or intent? Think back to your Star Trek days. How about sentience? How about consciousness? So am I saying that every particle that makes up our world has a consciousness? I would say that that is a reasonable assumption. In fact, this is the single most important factor that our science has not yet discovered. Hinted at, suspected even, but it cannot be proven, is that everything is made up of consciousness. Wouldn't that indicate some sort of grand design? Indeed. But we don't have to believe in religions to understand that there is something behind all of this. It's all interconnected. And it's all related to us. Now, I have spent my whole life around RNGs, or random number generators. I know how they work. And I know what to expect, or not expect, from random or chaos. Random is random. What we have here, in this life, on this earth, is not random. It is not chaotic. Here's something to consider for the idea of life as random or chaos. The Earth spins fast enough that it causes water to funnel down into a drain. In fact, the Earth spins at approximately a thousand miles per hour at the equator. The Earth orbits the Sun at around 66,000 miles per hour. The Sun travels through our galaxy at about 52,000 miles per hour. And our own Milky Way galaxy moves through space, relative to the cosmic microwave background, at a whopping 1.2 million miles per hour. Now, I have not seen a calculation of such, but can you imagine something we might call the center of the universe? Now, imagine using those numbers above. What would our relative speed be as a body on planet Earth relative to that center of the universe? It is almost inconceivable and incalculable. And yet, here I sit, typing on my computer without the slightest sense of movement. Newsflash! That is not chaos. If you think it is, go play a slot machine sometime. (laughs) My point here is that it would take an extreme stretch of imagination, given all the things that just seem to work perfectly within our world, within our universe, to attribute our existence and relative stability to a series of happy accidents. Chaos just doesn't work like that. If I were to apply chaos theory to our relative movement through space, it seems very unlikely that it would work out very well for us. Too many things in physical life just work too perfectly to ignore. We take it all for granted, Because it's all we've ever known. But all of it indicates to me that we are directing each and every moment of our existence. And since we aren't doing it consciously, there must be another piece that we are missing. And even if you're not convinced that we are directing it, I will feel a sense of personal accomplishment if I've convinced you that there are too many favorable coincidences to our very existence for life to be random or something left to fate, or luck, or gods. And therein lies the intent of the remembrance, the shift in consciousness. We are in the process of remembering ourselves as essence. The missing link, so to speak, of our existence the unturned card, the rabbit in the hat, the man behind the curtain, is us. A part of us that we are about to become very well reacquainted with as we remember. So, in our next column, I will reiterate the story of how we came to be here as humans on planet Earth and what that experience actually is, and I will attempt to do so from the perspective of essence. If this physical life isn't our main gig, then the story of what our main gig is must really be something. I guarantee it. See you next time. And thanks for listening to Philip Malika's Consciousness Evolution.